Welcome to Digging Deeper, a podcast of the Glendale Road Church of Christ. I am the host, Stephen Hunter, and also the minister of the Glendale Road Church of Christ. So, welcome. Uh, I did intend to publish this earlier in the week, but circumstances got in the way and I was unable to do so. But we're here today, and so we can start from this. So, the topic is miracles. Are they feasible? There are a lot of people today in our post-scientific, rational thinking world who look at miracles and go, that was a nice fairy tale for the time, but science has advanced so much and we no longer need these things. One example of this is seen in what's called the Jefferson Bible. Now, the actual title is The Life and Morals of Jesus of Nazareth, but this is a work one of two religious works constructed by Thomas Jefferson. Yes, the president, that founding father guy. So in 1820, Jefferson cut out all of the sections of the New Testament that included miracles by Jesus and any mention of the supernatural, including sections of the four Gospels that contain the resurrection and other miracles and any other passage that portrayed Jesus as divine. You go, wow, why would he do that? Well, not too long before him, a Scottish philosopher by the name of David Hume wrote that a miracle is a violation of the laws of nature, and he outright dismissed the probability of miracles. But John's Gospel tells us, and truly, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written, that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. John chapter 20, verses 30 and 31. One book I would commend to you if you're interested in delving deeper into this very topic is a book called Out With Doubt, and it's written by a brother in Christ named Kyle Butt. He says in that book, a miracle is an event that defies natural laws and that can be accounted for only by a supernatural explanation. So, I don't think that science and faith should be at odds with one another. As a matter of fact, a lot of the greatest scientific uh, achievements came centuries before ours and were by people who had faith. So, when you think about it, it eventually birthed this scientific knowledge, but sadly, that birthed the rejection of the supernatural. And man thinks that the more that one can understand the cosmos, the less need there is for such an explanation. I love the words of G.K. Chesterton. He said, this notion of something moving smooth and slow, like the ascent of a slope, is a great part of the illusion. It is an illogicality as well as an illusion. For slowness has really nothing to do with the question. An event is not any more intrinsically intelligible or unintelligible because of the pace at which it moves. For a man who does not believe in a miracle, a slow miracle will be just as incredible as a swift one. Yet there runs through all the rationalistic treatment of history this curious and confused idea that difficulty is avoided or even mystery eliminated by dwelling on mere delay or on something dilatory 
in the process of things. So, of course, scientists believe that the world was created through a process of evolution, at which they conclude the Earth, at least when I was younger, it was millions of years old, but when you talk and listen now, they say it's billions of years old. But Chesterton noted that the scientist's argument of such a long period was absurd. To him, a slow progression of evolution is no less a miracle than what we who are creationists believe occurred in just a few days. Each of those can be classified as a miracle, and just because it happened either at once or over a long period of time didn't change the miraculous nature of it altogether. Now, Christian lar Christianity largely supposes that the earth was created in seven days. I realize there's not a consensus of belief if those were literal days or periods of time, but I believe God is capable of creating the earth in seven literal days and creating it in a fully mature state so that it may sustain what needs sustaining. Because if God is God, the question has to be asked, is he even capable of such? And if he isn't, why call him God at all? This is something that I believe Chesterton would probably agree with. His point was that a slower pace of creation, as evolutionists advocate, is no less a miracle than God speaking everything into mature existence at once. At once, excuse me. Both are miracles, but the evolutionists seem to believe that their proposition is more logical and believable because of this slow pace at which their miracle occurred versus the swiftness we believe God can act with. If people don't believe in miracles, it isn't because the evidence isn't compelling. It's simply because of their worldview. So, here are a few of the reasons that I would have to admit that I could not be an atheist or not believe in God or whichever. Because, and you have to think about it this way, they think it's foolish for us to believe in miracles. Well, if you look at their thoughts, they clearly believe in miracles as well. They believe something came from nothing. That would be a miracle. Have you ever seen that in the natural world, something coming from nothing? They also believe that life came from non-life. Again, that's not something we observe in nature. You know, I have a little homestead, and I have ducks and geese and chickens, goats, dogs, and you know, their life was given to them by the life of another that birthed them, that produced them. You can't observe life coming from non-life. Third, you also cannot see order arising from chaos, and you can't see the immaterial coming from physical matter. David Hume said, Nothing is esteemed a miracle if it ever happened in the common course of nature. When you look at what many secularists and atheists may believe, you have to be willing to say that's pretty miraculous. But there's never been an observed example where something was created for nothing. Nobody would attempt to build something without materials. And there's no theory outside Big Bang cosmology which reaches this conclusion without ridicule from the scientific community. Even if naturalistic causes could have created the universe, it's still going to be necessary for non-living material to become living. This is also an unproven and impossible feat which must be accepted when denying the existence of God. Personal observation tells us 
that all things tend towards disorder and not order. When buildings are left to themselves, they crumble. Gardens are overtaken by weeds and living material decays. If unguided natural causes produce the universe from nothing and produce life from non-life, these processes would necessarily go against observed scientific principles in order to produce the complexity, beauty, and order that we observe in the world around us. If nothing was able to produce everything, non-life was able to produce life, and chaos was able to produce order, then the atheistic worldview would still encounter an insurmountable obstacle. No matter how organized, it's impossible for physical matter to produce the immaterial realities of the human consciousness. Our morality, our beliefs, desires, and preferences all exist outside of physical matter. One of my favorite philosophers named Peter Kraft, he wrote this, In fact, all the essential and distinctive elements of Christianity are miracles. Creation, revelation first to the Jews, the giving of the law, prophecies, the incarnation, the resurrection, the ascension, and the second coming and last judgment. Subtract miracles from Islam, Buddhism, Confucianism, or Taoism, and you have essentially the same religion left. Subtract miracles from Christianity, and you have nothing but the cliches and platitudes most American Christians get weekly, and weekly, W-E-A-K-L-Y, from their pulpits. Nothing distinctive, no reason to be a Christian, rather than something else. So this whole notion of challenging miracles really began with David Hume. Now, Isaac Newton was a physicist and mathematician, and his scientific principles were applied to philosophy, political thought, and theology. But David Hume, much like Newton, was the product of the Enlightenment, and he disbelieved in miracles. He actually wrote about that in an inquiry concerning human understanding, and the title is Of Miracles. He believed that experience should guide reasoning. And so, in his words, since no miracles occur today, they mustn't have ever existed. He said, It is experience only which gives authority to human testimony, and it is the same experience which assures us of the laws of nature. So let's answer Mr. Hume. He overlooks the fact that people base their beliefs on facts and not on odds. Mathematically, for a person who shoots dice, the likelihood of them rolling three sixes on the first roll is, let's see, 1,635,013,559,600 to 1. The odds are often against an event and may be very high, but the evidence for the event is otherwise good. So, people do win the lottery. Now, in science, probability is tied to the frequency of occurrence, but historical events are often unique and non-repeatable. So, historic probability and scientific probability are different. Here's an example. The United States fought our revolution, won, established a republic, and gained independence. Did you know that the French tried to do the same thing, but they failed? 
There is an enormous book written by Alexei de Tocqueville called Democracy in America. And de Tocqueville came to America to see what the difference was between the new United States who gained their independence and constituted a republic versus the French who tried and failed. So historical events are often unique and not very repeatable. One other thing is that there isn't uniform experience against miracles. C.S. Lewis said, we know that experience against them to be uniform only if we know that all reports of them are to be false. And we can know all the reports of them to be false only if we know already that miracles have never occurred. In fact, we are arguing in a circle. So here's what he means by circular argument. If miracles are impossible, then the report of any miraculous event must be false. And therefore, miracles are impossible. So it's circular reasoning is what we would call that. But if God exists, miracles are logically possible and depend on divine will to perform them. Since modern science doesn't view nature as a closed system, it cannot insist that miracles do not exist. So let's go back to creation. In order to replicate something and come to the same conclusion over and over again, you have to have the circumstances in which that event occurred. So when the Bible says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and the Spirit of God hovered upon the waters. And then God said, Let there be light. There you have an intelligent being creating. But all the other theories, the expansion theory, the Big Bang theory, and the others that they have argued for the creation of the world, if, you, if us and them were going to prove that one was factual, we would have to go back to the very circumstances and replicate that. But here's the thing. Those circumstances can no longer exist. Because it was nothingness. There was no humanity. But there was God. So as a Christian, I believe that miracles are entirely feasible. I believe they're logical. And when we read about them in Scripture, though some may dismiss us as unintelligent rubes, the reality is, when it comes to creation, we believe in the miracle of God creating the heavens and the earth. They believe in the miracle of a Big Bang or an expansion. Because you can't create the conditions. So therefore, it's a choice as to what miraculous you wish to believe. But even they can't deny that miracles exist if they argue for their own position. So, I hope you all have had a good week. We had a very good Bible Bowl last week, a great attendance. And this coming Sunday, uh, what that'll be April the 30th, on Sunday p.m. at, at 6 p.m., our C20, our college and young adults, will be leading that service. So if you can join us to support them, that would be great. Otherwise, have a great weekend, and Lord willing, we'll see you here Sunday.